Hey everybody, it's Ian. Uh, it's late at night. I'm on my porch. There's a rainstorm going on in Minneapolis right now, and that makes me happy. Um, I'm up late editing uh, this week's episode of Dive Bar Mitzvah, and it's a good one. It's a real humdinger. After it was done, I really patted myself on the back, you know, quietly to myself at a bar in St. Paul. But Ian, congratulations. Five episodes in, and you have this shit down cold. There are no technical snafus. I had a couple cameras rolling just to, you know, just to have it, just to kind of document it, just in case we decide to do something with it video-wise. Good job, I thought to myself. So I got home that night, last night, listened back, and uh, of course, as you see where the story is going, there was a huge technical snafu. About five minutes in, the audio just cut out. It just died. And I learned a very important lesson. Do not buy cheap SD cards off of eBay. Yeah, if you don't know what an SD card is, it's a little memory card. And I, uh, where they're normally about 30 bucks, I bought a couple of them for about $7 each. And I went, ha ha, capitalism, I'll show you what's up. This, ca- this card went dead midway through the recording. Uh, according to my recorder, it was still recording. Everything was going fine. But once I got it home, I realized there wasn't any audio there after about five minutes in. So crestfallen I was. But then I checked the footage we shot, and the audio on those sounded okay. Sounded entirely fine. And this is I, I'm really happy with this interview. I think it went really, really well. I think Hastings 3000 was a great guest. I was thrilled to have him. But, uh, sadly, we had a bit of a technical snafu. If you ever watch Major League Baseball on television, every now and again, every rare now and again, there will be uh, an occasion where the audio will change and will sound like it's off an AM radio. Because they have, uh, an MLB, they have this little safeguard set up where I believe it's actually just a phone line plugged in uh, to, you know, from the broadcast booth going out. And if, the, uh, if there's an audio problem, it just kicks over to that. Well, that's kind of what happens here about five minutes on. We jump from the good audio that we normally have, and we normally have pretty damn good audio, uh, and we hop over to the camera audio, which does not sound as good, but trust me, it sounds great considering. I did a lot of uh, sprinkling of pixie dust on here. It definitely shines through the technical snafus, so give it a listen. It's a great episode. My apologies in advance for, uh, for the uh, technical shortfalls of it, but I've now gone and bought better SD cards, so it won't happen again. Knock on wood. So anyway, this is the new episode. Give it a listen. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome down to the fantastic voyage that is Dive Bar Mitzvah. Hey, everybody, it's your friend Ian. Thank you so much for being here with me. Uh, tonight, we are in the crown jewel of St. Paul. I'm talking about the Arcade Bar, uh, one of my favorite out-of-the-way places. So I had to bring one of my favorite out-of-the-way guys here. Uh, but before I introduce our guest tonight, uh, it has been a good day for me. It has been an amazing day. Uh, I bought a jukebox, um, and I bought it about a year and a half ago. And then about a year ago, it broke. And uh, I spent $200 on the jukebox, and then it broke. And it was going to cost about $200 to fix. But I had already spent my discretionary jukebox money in buying the damn thing. So I finally scrimped and saved, finally had enough to fix this damn jukebox. And as of today, now I am dancing around in my living room uh, with an abandon, with a joy that is usually reserved for Peanuts characters. You know, like at the party when the (laughs) Peanuts are dancing? That's what I'm like now. And that put me in a mood to bring on today's guest. He's an old friend of mine. He's a mystery dipped in secret sauce, wrapped in an enigma. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Hastings or Hastings 3000. Who are either you way. today? Who uh, are you, you today? You can call me either one. Hastings is just fine. All right, Hastings. It I'd like is. to interject and say that I've I've been dipped in caramel. Yeah. In addition to the. Uh, <laughs> hey, do you have any favorite jukebox songs? We're here at the arcade. Obviously, yeah, fa- Coolio's my... Fantastic Voyage is oh, playing right I now. I really and do that's... like Coolio, actually. Uh, uh, 
Well, who else I love? You know, you know, I I totally love uh, Jay Z. Yeah, yeah, little Jay Z. Yeah, little Jay Z. You got any? You got any classic jams you look for when you're uh? Uh, for for some classic jams, I like to throw on the Ventures. Yeah, a little Walk Don't Run. Uh, more like uh, yeah, actually Walk Don't Run is just fine. Comanche. I, I like Telstar. Is Telstar. Well, Telstar is one of my. That's more. not technically a Ventures song. Well, they play Telstar. They do a damn good job. Of <laughs> and you know the story of Joe Meek, right? Yes, I do. Now, inform yes. I feel very connected to Joe Meek, and that's M-E-E-K yeah. for those uh, party listeners. So you feel connected to this guy? Yeah, I like Joe Meek a lot. I think he's brilliant. Yeah, but you don't have any weird mother issues. Uh, I do have weird mother mother issues. But my, not my, like my Joe mother, Meek did. Well, I, not, not, I don't know exactly. He I killed, he his, killed his mom with an a- as the hatchet. You know that, right? No, I didn't know he that. He killed his mom with an axe. <laughs> well, maybe I don't totally connect to yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> be careful who you connect yourself to. Uh, yeah. We're talking about Joe Meek? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are uh, a rarity, not only in our guests, but also in my friends. Um, I'm going to start off with you, Joe Hastings, world traveler. Um, I'm going to give you a country. Exciting. You give me That's your exciting. feelings about this country, Japan. Uh, Japan, very, very beautiful, very uh, honorable people. Uh, will will step and bend over backwards to show you wherever you need to go. And in fact, they might even take you in their personal subway. What? There's a, yeah. Personal subway. Yeah, yeah. I had, I had a number of uh, elderly uh, individuals as I was looking at maps and looking at my phone and wearing a gas mask. Uh, Asked me if I needed help. <laughs> well, that's uh, that is a good. I mean, that is a universal question. When right, you right. see a man wandering around looking lost wearing a gas mask, do you need help? That would be the first <laughs> exactly thing. Right. That's very nice. It was so nice. I, I couldn't believe it. You know, even with uh, you know my my. Uh, my disposition. They they still were really 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 nice, and they seem to be comfortable around my my you know my mask. Yeah, because they wear masks. In fact, they're good people, is what you're saying. They are great people. Um, yes. And I would like to make a quick apology to uh, uh, fans of Lakeside. I thought this was the Coolio version of Fantastic Voyage. No, it's the original Lakeside version. Ooh, well the beat of, sounds and so I apologize. Fat. <laughs> I apologize to any all of my old school R&B fans and friends <laughs> because I should know better and no. I, re- I regret the error. Um, so Japan, nice people. Africa. You recorded in Africa a little bit, is that yeah, right? Yeah, northern northern Africa. Uh, I have yet to make it to South Africa. That's one of my next one of I would love to go there. I should say it's a dream of mine. Yeah. And you recorded there for the upcoming Hastings 3000 album. And let's introduce you a little bit uh, to our the handful of listeners that we have and the handful there inside that don't know who you are. Give me a little bit of history about yourself, Joe, or Hastings. Uh, history of Hastings 3000 was basically it's a one-man band that uh, developed from uh, my bands, whatever bands I was playing with, started to just kind of like lose individuals. Like mm-hmm. a drummer would want to roll out or not not be around or... Just couldn't keep time, or or you know, wh- whatever was happening. I don't know exactly how I developed it, but I started playing at rehearsals. Yeah, the kick drum, along with the bass players and the keyboardists and all the singers and all this stuff. So because of that, uh, you know, I guess the rest is history or herstory. Thank you for uh, for answering very long while I moved a camera. That was very that was pro right there. Uh, now, how did I you? Feel like we're live. Yeah, we are. We are. We're all the way live, we which is live. a different oh, Lakeside well, song fantastic. and that's, different Coolio song. That's fantastic. I like to hear that. Um, but what brought you? I mean, so you you played a number of bands. We had you on Drinking with Ian uh, for the Fuck Nights. Yes. Um, but I know that the history goes back further than the Fuck Nights. I know you have. And re- read this. What does that say? 
Uh, Daft Punk. No, Dark Past. Dark I'd have past. really bad handwriting. Um, <laughs> you, uh, before you were known as a local uh, heartthrob and rock star, you... Uh, in that order. You were also, back in the day, you, you, you dared to play in jam bands. Mm. That is absolutely a dark past. Yeah, I that's why that's why I wrote down Daft Punk right here. About that. Yeah, see, that's what we do on Dive Bar Mitzvahs. Oh, sh- we oh, get sh- you drunk on Cheap Hooch in an <laughs> out-of-the-way bar in St. Paul, and Cheap then we Hooch. ask you painful questions. Cheap Hooch at the arcade bar. Like, yeah. If you buy a, a one drink, it's really equal to four drinks, as I learned. Or the price of a quarter of a drink, which is great, <laughs> yeah, right? man. That's, that's yes. how, And, and when we pulled math. up, you asked, how do you, how'd you know about this place? And that's why. That's, exactly that's the right. math. Yes, yeah, I, 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 I vibe it here at the, ar- the arcade. Um, so tell me about your jam band past. You were a young man. You were impressionable. You didn't know what you were getting yourself into. Um, There were fast-talking people promising you fame and fortune and cocaine, and you did the only thing a red-blooded American could do, and you took it. At least that's Uh, the narrative I'm inventing for this. No, no, no. The funny thing is is your narrative is is actually very close to true. When I was 18 years old, I was offered a a Mercury Records deal playing with this jam band. Jeez. Uh, and I was playing in a blues band at the time. And That's Kiss's uh, label. It was on the table. Mercury. It was on the table. Yeah. And I turned it down and I told him, no, I want to play space rock. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's exactly How did that happened. go over? <laughs> that went over like, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Led uh, dro- Dropping pancakes. Yeah. Really. Uh-huh. So tell me, what was the name of the band? If you, if you, if uh, you well, dare there mention. Was two, there was two kind of jammy bands that I played with. And I was, keep in mind, I was 18 years old uh, a few years ago here. Yeah. It was uh, Schwa. Schwa. Refrigerators. And then I sat in with a whole bunch of different people. Schwa? Yeah. And then you were also in a band called The Refrigerators. Right. Yeah. And The Refrigerator was kind of like a, a, a what do you call it? A, uh, like a blues band. A, a, a blues like a Chicago style blues band. Okay. So that's not jam bandy. Well, I mean, we, we, oh. we played yeah. a lot of improvisational style blues along with some psychedelic okay, stuff. Okay, so you, that, you make it sound good. Is that appropriate, yeah, well, I mean, or are you just selling this better than a schwa? You know what, tell me about schwa. Well, schwa, schwa was like a seven to eight piece band, complete with three drummers, uh, you know, organist. Uh, uh, like, uh, at some point we even brought in a mandolin player. Jesus and, like, Christ. You know, that's oh, when yeah, that's when you need to and, and, you know, the mandolin player was fantastic. I'm sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all those guys were really sweet, but I kind of checked out about a year in. Yeah. Like you're in. Yeah. So once the mandolin player showed up, no, before the mandolin player showed <laughs> up, you're like, you know what? Play. This well, band seems like they might changes. get a mandolin player at some point. I'm just gonna start working on <laughs> that space right. rock. Program. Yeah, you got it. That's right. Yeah, I, I found my my band that uh, was actually very successful. The hippies used to crawl out of the woodwork, and uh, as I they do. nakedness. I remember mushrooms. I remember lots of weed. Yeah. I remember lots of. You know, As they say, love, if you if remember, you that, if love. you remember the '60s ripoff bands, you weren't really in the '60s ripoff That's bands. That's correct. And that band was a '60s ripoff band, but not really. It was more like a late '60s, early '70s ripoff band. And I can't give you too much hassle for this. My father was in a band called the Mystic Groovies Ooh. in the uh, late '80s, early '90s. Basically, they played. I've the, heard of the Mystics, and I've heard of the Groovies. Well, they were both. <laughs> Um, and they basically, I think their entire set list was like the first couple Nuggets records. Oh, and it was great. Sweet. I mean, they were like a garage band, sweet. but they actually, you know, but they got the kid, the, the college kids loved them, and, and it did very well for my father. And he they released? Like, uh, no, they didn't. No, it was well, all gotcha. covers. Was yeah, all oh, covers. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. so I mean, so they, they, would, they should have just sold the first couple Nuggets records and went, here's our new album. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it, it can be a seductive horse. Uh, I don't know what that means. That's not an actual well, I saying. Like, you know, I, I feel like I relate to that. <laughs> um, so I have one question underneath Jam Band, and that is, and I quote, Do you like the dead do? <laughs> do I like the dead? Do you like well, the dead do? Here's the thing about the dead is, is that uh, 
I did get the chance to see The Dead uh, at one of Jerry Garcia's last performances. Wow, okay. And so I was a wee young lad. I was taken there by uh, some friends, older brothers, and uh, we ended up ripping it up in Soldier Field, Chicago, with Brand for Marcellus and Sting opening. Oh, wow. So that's a little little known act named Sting. Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) Brandford Marsalis, Sting, and the Grateful Dead. That's correct. That's like so. Bruce Hornsby might have been on the keys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would imagine so. You know, of course, right? Yeah. And then John Mayer, I think, stepped on stage later on. Yeah, man. I mean, that's like. That's what I hear. That's John I mean, I like. Brandon Marcellus, I like in concept, but between Sting in the late 80s or early 90s, whatever this was, in the Great Bed, it's really asking me which chin I'd rather get shot in. Like, that's really like that's the. I can't imagine a scenario where I'd be like, oh wow, that I can see. Let's you know, put it this way the pain was magic. <laughs> As it can be. Much like, oh, we're back in the We are back in Bob Seeger. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Um, so, um, tell me about the first album. Um, I thought it was one of the best damn local albums that had come out in a long time. Tasting well, 3000, a new monster it is called. Right? New monster, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, you looked at me blankly, and I'm of... like, did I fuck this up? No, no, it's you my got favorite totally album right. ever. I'm it's sorry. Called... I, I, I get kind of like, I guess I feel slightly uh, 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 chagrined to talk about anything that I've done or worked on. Which makes you an ideal interview. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, right? <laughs> I get sheepish, I guess, or I get like. Uh, like I'm here to tell you it was great. Well, uh, I appreciate I that. Really, I really, I thought it was spectacular. Um, Still available for sale, I imagine. Go to your iTunes or wherever you buy music. It is, pick it it up. is available digitally, and I still have a few copies of it left on vinyl. But uh, I think I don't think I have many CDs left. Yeah, I uh, was lucky enough to grab a copy of the vinyl, but. Um, you had uh, a pretty patchy way of making this album happen. How long did it take you to record this? Are you talking about the first record? Yeah, the first yeah, record. Yeah, the yeah. first record took me, A New Monster took me approximately six months of straight solid work. But with prior working on a few of the songs, you know, a few years. Man, and now, six months. and I read this at the time, and I don't know if I remember it correctly, so please, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you were homeless for a while to help fund this so, album. Is that right? That's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I was homeless for about a year. Jesus, seriously. Yeah. Where technically, it was 11 months and like 13 days. I counted the damn. Yeah. Because I went homeless in the middle of the winter, early oh, winter. That's not when you want it to happen. Minnesota. Yeah. And I lived in my ambulance at the time. I remember the days where I would drive around with the ambulance and just basically go party with all my friends, and when the bars would close. We'd go party in the ambulance until the last person left, and then I would just basically find a place to roll. Yeah. Uh, in the and ambulance. hide out in your ambulance yeah, without in getting the busted. dead of winter. Yes. yes. How did and you? And I start every 30 minutes. I'd get up there maybe every hour. I get up and turn on the ambulance, let it run. That sounds like a up. fucking nightmare. It was. And at that time, I was living on peanut butter and day-old bagels. Frozen peanut butter at that, if you're keeping <laughs> it. Getting cold. Yeah, yeah. So it was Jim or Skippy, so it didn't freeze. So there's something. <laughs> Quality, quality. Yeah, right. yeah. So, how did you? I mean, what? You know what? I didn't think I'd go in a survivalist way with this, but I'm going to. 
How do you not freeze to death in a fucking ambulance in Minneapolis, Minnesota in the winter? Uh, there's certain triggers that the body has when you start to really freeze. Yeah? And it wakes you right up. Okay. And I learned that, yeah. What, like, I had a girlfriend at the time, but for some reason I didn't go hang out with her that often. Because you're a free bird, baby. Yeah, right, you can't, I was a free bird. You can't age me. <laughs> she I'm going to go, sweet girl, go you freeze know? to death in my fucking ambulance eating yeah, yeah. gif by myself. <laughs> yeah, why would I want to get laid? That's for squares. <laughs> well, I got no, no, art. No, 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 she was super sweet, and I loved her a lot. But at the same time, she had roommates, and I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah, can't be tethered, baby. Yeah, yeah. can't be tethered. So what are these What are these triggers? I mean, this is horrifying. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, it was one of the worst years of my existence. I remember paying for a lot of the recordings, uh, just, just working as much as I could, living in the ambulance with literally like uh, six or seven sleeping bags wrapped in at 20 degrees, you know, zero degree. No, 20, 20 below, yeah. zero degree weather. And uh, it was pretty terrible. It was pretty unbearable. I would literally sleep for four or five hours a night, then wake up the next day, start writing. Or, uh, I would teach guitar lessons at that time. That was what was paying the bills. Out of the ambulance? And the bills, like kids were dropping off? No, I had a place that I was teaching. Good, I'd hope so, because yeah, like parents are dropping off kids outside this, this bar. Much, much and I would go into where I was teaching like a half hour early to go like take, take like, yeah, a, yeah. Like, a, like a, a sink shower. A whore's know? bath, it's called. <laughs> yeah, right, or right. as we call them, a bath. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, you got it. <laughs> Yeah, those were delightful days, and that, that's what paid for basically two records. One was the A New Monster, and then one was Guitars In versus Bazilla, which was a band right before it. Now, tell me about uh, Guitars In versus Bazilla. I remember working at First Avenue at this period, and I, I, you guys had a pretty good promo on this. Like, what was it? I, I, never, I was never familiar with it. Uh, that band, it, it, you mean in terms of promo? Or, or no, no, it was like in just who was the band. Like, I mean, like what kind of music was it? Uh, I guess the music was kind of like surf punk. Okay. Uh, mixed with like jazz because the the, the that was that was what the market was looking for right right yeah. right <laughs> you know what it was like a, it was three guys uh, me uh, uh, Dick Casey and Zach Michaels all playing uh, uh, in this band as a trio and we did basically kind of like surf space punk rocks with jazz influences yeah in like uh, jazz in the, in the acid sense yeah 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 and you know what the funny thing is is none of us really took that much acid or did that much or did drugs. that much jazz but, yeah. yeah but we didn't do that much jazz either but we did like to tap dance and yeah. uh <laughs> No, actually, no tap dancing. No Sammy Davis Jr. So we're out in the ambulance. You finally have enough money to, to get the album out. How do yeah. you re-enter society at this point? Were you feral? I, I envision you, you know, as pretty this, weird. Yeah. Like, yeah like, got, how, how, how did this affect the songwriting? I mean, how... I lived in an unheated basement for, I don't know, four months. That's and tough. it That's basically, tough. well, no, it was nothing compared to what you're talking about. But it was, it made me, like, I have to sleep with, like, uh, like I have to have light. I didn't realize this. I always thought I was very nocturnal. But you live in a, on a windowless basement. Like, I would set up timers to make sure lights would go on at 8 o'clock in the morning so I'd have some sort of normalcy. And now, now I own a fucking house. And I always, like, I always try to get the, the sunniest room. Even though I am lucky to wake up by crack of noon. Mm. I woke up at 11.30 this morning and I've been walking around like a zombie ever since. Because I go to bed around 7 o'clock in the morning. But how, and that was just a little thing for me. Like, how did you kind of re-enter society as being, you know, crazy ambulance guitar guy? Like, I mean, and what kind of songs came out of this? Um, that's a good question. Like, uh, Thank you. There's about four of them in there. You can pick one. Right, right, right. So the, so, so the last question, what kind of songs came out of it? I basically wrote during that period about... I want to, not to over-exaggerate, I wrote about 350 songs. Jeez. 
That's not an exaggeration. Three hundred. No, I, I like to tell people I wrote four hundred. I think it's one <laughs> just like to make yourself look cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Because I want to want to be like David Bowie. Yeah, yeah who does? I know he's written four hundred songs yeah. at least. Uh, but yeah, so some I wrote them, these songs. Some of them were on. Some was real yeah, cheesy. Some, some were really great. Some are like uh, you know, of those three hundred fifty four hundred songs. I think four or five I think are really great. Which I took one of them and put on into Monster, yeah. which was Speed of Light. That is a good. That was the that was, that was a guitar Tarzan song that oh, I really? turned into uh, uh, made it like a Haitian uh, three thousand. Yeah. Now and this, um, I and this was something I'd never seen happen before. You had a premiere for your video. First off, big deal. No one ever does that. No one ever has videos, really. I mean, there's dicks, you know, fucking around with their phone. But you actually <laughs> had a, yeah, you actually had a real, uh, a real video and a real premiere for it, and you did it at a really cool place. You did it at Valley High. And I was really lucky to do this. Tell me about this video because it actually uh, features a local comedian by the name of Tim Harmston, who's an old friend. He rules. Yeah. He's, he's so fantastic. His timing is impeccable. His delivery is really just fantastic. Yeah. You know, I mean, he reminds me of like. Uh, somewhere across between Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy where he's got like the two levels of delivery and, and uh, timing. So anyway, he's, he stars in it. He's, he's what made the video really great. Yeah, and this was this was filmed in the Badlands too. I mean, you didn't just film this at like the entry. That's correct. You didn't just do this in some crappy basement. I want to say we did two or three on location in Wall, South Dakota, which is basically on the edge of the Badlands where Wall, the famous Wall drug is. Yeah. And what a crazy place that is! It was just, it was like uh, a whole bunch of Russian implants. So whenever, when we get dumb, we get up at the crack of the dawn uh, after partying kind of the night before at the crazy bars. As one does, as one, yeah, right, right, at the two bars that are involved, and uh, get up, work all day, get get the shots that we needed to get, wearing costumes and stuff like that in a hundred degree desert, mm -hmm. and then coming back and partying with all these crazy Russian implants. Yeah. So. Now explain explain the video, and we'll link it uh, on uh, at Dive Bar Mitzvah on our Twitter. Uh, but explain to me the concept of the video because I've seen it like 50 times, and I'm still a little foggy on the concept of the video. Okay, so as far as the concept of the video, and I can describe it as. And this being, is put together with, uh, by Patrick Pearson. Um, Patrick Pearson is a uh, friend of, the of both of ours. Of yeah, so I just want to give him a quick shout out. Yes, Patrick Pearson, the uh, the infamous. Yeah. Famous, yeah. Patrick Pearson, very talented uh, producer director. Uh, basically, uh, we worked on uh, developing this concept, which is like a uh, mindset of something to do with uh, extraterrestrial existence on Earth. And Not a very specific plan. Yeah, 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 I don't know. Aliens? <laughs> question mark? No, no, no. no there's know. definitely there's a backlining story, but at the same time, like. I, I, I refrain from giving a full full tilt backline story because the story will present itself over the next few videos. Really? Yeah. Okay, so this is well, the, the first beginning. Of this a, is the introduction of the characters. At least a trilogy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And the next one uh, uh, will. Uh, the next video we've already shot some of it in Costa Rica, and some uh, is going to be scouted for Las Vegas. And a few kind of exotic locations to get these characters to have real. Well, energy to them. Yeah. So, Costa Rica. Wow. Look at you. You're all over the damn place. And as we mentioned earlier, you filmed part of your next album, or you filmed, you recorded part of your next album in, in Africa. Yeah. Now, how long have you been in the process of recording this album? 
five years. How long did it take him to make Chinese Democracy? <laughs> because even when we did the uh, okay, because the Axel Rose, yeah, <laughs> uh, because uh, I was lucky enough to have you. I did a documentary a couple years ago called One Men. It was a three-part documentary. One uh, each part dedicated to a different one-man band, um, and it, it actually turned out really well. It was uh, very well received, which was great. Cause it was just an opportunity for me to kind of screw around and figure out how these cameras I own work. But you were gracious enough to give me your time, and during. I mean, the filming of this, you know, you were getting amped up and excited about the second album. Oh, it yeah. took me a year to edit it. I talked to you some more. You are getting geared up and excited about this album. Now here I am on my podcast, and I have a feeling you're getting geared up and excited about this second album. What do we have to do to make this happen? Who Do I need to call a congressman? Do I need to raise <laughs> some money? Do I got to kick somebody's ass? Has somebody got the tapes? What do we have to well, do to get this album on the streets as soon as possible? I recorded 20-some songs for this record. Yeah. And uh, about 10 of them. I don't, I don't think uh, fit the concept. Okay. And basically, this album is called. Can you just, can you tell me the concept? Well, it's Invasive Species. Is okay. The the, okay. Is the name of the album. Uh, at least the working title. And uh, with that, I've, I've, I've got 12 tracks that are basically ready to go, but I need two more that I think are part of the concept. You need 12 more. Two more. Two more. Oh, two okay. More. Two yeah, more that yeah. are in the concept. What are you thinking for our cover art? What do you see? What do you? What's? What? What do we got here? So, invasive oh, species. I have lots of ideas. So, are you going to be kind of like an ectomorph? Uh, are you going to be like taken over by? The invasive uh, species is uh, okay. So, first off, let's talk about the gas mask. The reason why I wear the gas mask. Yeah. Now, and, and we haven't even really just even explained who you are, but you know what? Hopefully, people will Google you by now. Well, maybe, maybe not. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, yeah. But I do wear a gas mask, and uh, I typically will wear it. Uh, uh, you know, often I wear it in the shower sometimes. I do wear it uh, in, in the sense of like trying to talk about uh, you know environmental issues and like how, how the degradation of society. So invasive species has to do with humanity, at least on the, the main level. But then the other level is like having really kind of a, a fun songs that kind of get wormy worm into your brain. Yeah. Which is another connotation to invasive species. And uh, what else have you done on this album? I know that you were talking that you were, uh, you recorded some with an '80s music legend. No, I did not. Not oh, yet. Okay. I was talking about get, getting Tommy Two Tone yeah. to play on this record. The hit maker behind 8675309. You got it. From Portland, Oregon, if I remember correctly. Oh, he's living, I think, in Madison now. Oh, really? Oh, so, I think so. so you know, so you, you blew the budget going to Costa Rica and Africa. <laughs> we got this guy in Madison. What's well, that? An hour and a half drive. Eh? Well, you know, after I started writing the songs and after I really started getting it together, I had this concept of doing this 80s record. 80s pop record, and I wanted to bring in Tommy Tuton, I wanted to bring in uh, Colin Hay. Yeah. So I talked to both of those guys about it. That'd be uh, awesome. And uh, I just, I just said this Well, the first minute work album, I think, is one of the most overlooked. I mean, it was such a huge album, but it's nobody great. appreciates how well written. For just a first album by some weirdos out of Australia, like Absolutely. that album came out and flopped. Like, and then it just by happened, just by happenstance, got a second life on MTV, and then everybody lost their damn mind about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, right, right. That is a well-crafted pop album. Down Under is on that one, right? Yeah. Is that Cargo? No, no, that's not, no, because, yeah, Cargo had the Downer songs, and that's why it was really popular. Uh, Down Under was on, Down uh, Under was on, was on Business as Usual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive. Yeah, yeah, that, that's um, right, and Be Good Johnny. Yeah. 
is on there. Uh, what's, also what's the overkill? Overkill. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what I was going for. I love hear that it. song. I mean, people you just might mentioned know. it. I have goosebumps. That's such a it. good goddamn song. Uh, your listeners might like to know that that is a Scrubs super hit. That yeah. Scrubs soundtrack. I never watched Scrubs. And people and like I, I like put a post on it on my Facebook because I rediscovered the song. Me, Ian, individually discovered the song. I rediscovered it, and everybody's like, "Yeah, man, Scrubs." I'm like, "I've never even fucking seen that." Oh man, Scrubs took the, my jam. Yeah, right. Overkill was the song that they but used and played. But a beautifully done it's just song. As well. it's, so it's and you actually song. managed to get a hold of Colin. Hey, how'd that yeah. go? Yeah, well, I talked to him a number of times. I yeah. met him when he was actually on tour with Men at Work. Okay. They came through the Quest of all places, which was way back a club when. Yeah. about seven years ago, maybe yeah. eight years ago, and I, I I literally was like this kid hanging out uh, in the corner like after everybody left, and he was talking to this beautiful woman. And I kind of just stood there waiting. And he actually, like, uh, paused his conversation with her and came over and talked to me. And I was like, well, he must be gay. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a nice guy. Yeah. Not, not, I didn't not talk gay. to him about a recording on my record at that time. Yeah, you're just like, yeah. Yeah. so hey, you want to meet up later? <laughs> yeah. Sailor? Yeah, right, right. So. <laughs> Uh, but a nice guy, and you've talked to him since, and you're maybe get him on the next album, huh? Well, we'll see. I mean, like, uh, I think I think he's an amazing musician. Yeah, no that's, doubt. That's first, first and foremost. I never thought on this podcast I'd be giving so much lip service to Colin Hay. <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned him, just like, I fucking he, he love Colin Hay. He rules, though. Tommy Two Tone also rules. Yeah, no and, doubt. And, and like, those are a couple of icons of the 80s that uh, might find it really interesting to play with uh, or be on a record of some kind of like crazy scenario like a one-man band scenario mm-hmm. where, you know, if they like the song or something, which uh, it might still happen. If That's time, awesome. You know, we'll see. All right. Um, it is that time. I need you to give me a number between 1 and 10. Uh, 36. 3.6. 3. So 4. 4. No, give me a different I think I used 4 last time. Okay, okay. 4 we cannot do. No, no, Let's try 11. Still. Well, okay, wait, wait a second. One to ten. One to ten. Well, that you know. You do not play well within the rules. All right, all right. Sorry, sorry. I'm talking three. about infinite levels of uh, negative and positive. So let's go for number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Ooh, it's turned me on dead now. No. Um, now let me explain to you what this is. This is the James Lipton question. I James have Lipton. a list of James Lipton questions that he's read on Inside the Actors Studio. How is he these days? Uh, I think he's doing great. I don't talk, I'm not as close to him as you are with Colin Hay. <laughs> but I like to think that we're pals, even though I I've never you. met him. So you said number well, nine. I'm going to ask you a classic question. I'd like to I'm gonna read you a classic question read there. by James Lipton. Yeah, what profession would you not like to do? Number but nine. still wear a body armor when you go down there. Uh, <laughs> what profession? Would prostitute. You not? Why not? That's I my own. Be fault. a prostitute. You wouldn't so, want to be a prostitute. Yeah, you know, it has something to do with the flies. And uh, you know, I don't know. If, you know what? I changed my mind. That is, I I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, prostitute Let's, sounds all right, even <laughs> with the flies, and I don't even know what that <laughs> means. Like, but, you know, what profession would I not like to do? I think. You know, I don't think I'd want to work at Kmart. Yeah. Unless it was vintage 1976. Yeah. When and they Star had the Wars cafeteria. just came out. Yeah, and they I remember. had the cafeteria. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Right. My family, Rand's family, often would go to yes. the Kmart cafeteria, yes, have do. some fried chicken. I don't remember it being very good, but I do remember enjoying myself. Because <laughs> they also had the slushy machine out front. Absolutely, in the brown and the The green 1970s colors. Kmart. I mean, it's, it, we, we really, left, we really lost something when we lost that. Uh, blue 
Light Special connection. Yeah. Yeah. I still I, have some Kmart shirts, like yeah. some dress shirts, and they're absolutely awesome. So I changed my mind. In fact, I wouldn't mind working at uh, uh, Kmart. All right. What's what's so? Uh, tell me, Joe Hastings, what profession would you not like? What profession? Uh, you know, that's a Take hard one three. to do. Because I find that uh, doing jobs that I don't normally would set out to do, I find that I learn a heck of a lot from them. Yeah. For an example. Uh, like working on uh, working on video game repair, I've uh, found to be an interesting thing. These because days. you actually own a handful of classic I, arcade games. <laughs> I do, yeah, yeah. And I assume you have to fix them out of necessity. I do from sometimes, but then then I get I get stomped every once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I wouldn't want to be a mechanic. On fire. I wouldn't want to be a mechanic at all. I don't mechanic like, sounds. That sounds like I don't like moving motors. No. Big motors. And if something goes wrong, it's your fault. Yes. And I wish I could think of like uh, something that, that I really would hate doing. I've always I can just reverse it and say I've always wanted to be a grave digger. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to know the correct answer? What's the correct? Bus answer? driver. That was that was that was the <laughs> answer you were looking for. I used driver. to have a watch that said school bus driver on it. No, school bus driver, not school bus driver. City bus driver. Oh, city bus driver. Fuck that. <laughs> that is the correct answer. There is a definitive answer to this. Uh, it is bus driver. I, 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 can you imagine a shittier job than being a bus driver? I mean, I mean, it, sometimes it can be pretty cherry, but you know, it's just having. I mean, it's one thing to deal with customer service because then often you have a counter between you and the angry person off the street who is screaming at you who might be crazy. Sure. I I, uh, I started my working career in Minneapolis working at a Kinko's and IDS. <laughs> um, it was horrible. I frequented that place. Yeah, I, I did too. Um, was it open 24 hours? It was. It might still be. Um, but I had that very important desk between me and them and a boss and some other co-workers where if shit got real, chances are they'd have my back. There was a 20% chance that they'd just as soon watch me get my ass kicked or whatever. <laughs> um, but to do it, to be on a city bus, to be a bus driver where you basically, you know, have somebody potentially screaming at you and can swing on you, and then who's who else do you have on the bus? A bunch of other people who might have that person's back. Fuck that in the face. Absolutely, no way. I'm not doing that. I can understand that. Yeah, that's the correct answer. Next time. That's great. All right. Um, so, what do you have coming up? Do you have anything fun and exciting? You just had a very uh, successful residency at Grumpy's Bar downtown. Yes, actually, that was pretty sweet. You know, like playing Grumpy's Bar downtown. Those guys are really, really nice, uh, 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 despite their right, exterior. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, they treated me really great, and they in fact uh, we booked for next year, great. to uh, one year from now, and I hope that uh, that works out great. I hope I'm not on tour or any yeah. kind of craziness, but but basically, big tours happening soon. Um, do you have anything else you want to push? What do we got? Uh, just the new record is going to be coming out at soon. some point. And we're excited about it. All yeah, right, Joe. Right. <laughs> Hastings, thank you very much for being here tonight for uh, Dive Bar Mitzvah here at the Arcade Bar off Arcade Street in lovely St. Paul, Minnesota, the capital city. I recommend you stop by. They have all of the tap beer you can drink for $10 on Tuesdays until 10 o'clock, and we got here, I believe, at 10.05. Yes, we, we missed it. We missed what it. you call, we, as they say back in Indiana, we fucked the goat. <laughs>
That's actually not a real saying, but you know what? It could be, and that's scary. All right, Joe, thank you very much for being here tonight. We we tip the cow. Yeah, exactly. We're going to have a drink after this is done, and I look forward to it. But hey. Thanks um, for having me here. No, and thank you for doing this. Uh, Let me talk about my sponsors real quick. I'd like to thank One Car Service, driving smiles without extra miles. Program this number in your phone, 612-545-5848. You hear the cops? Right now, they're coming for somebody who did not get one car service. Get on the horn right now. Program it in your phone. Call them for a ride or find them on Facebook. Um, I'd like to thank our beer sponsor, the one, the only. Uh, People are talking about it. You know what? I can't turn on my Twitter device without hearing about Stag Beer. Everybody's losing their mind about the beer with the golden can. Ask for it by name in the presence of royalty. Mm -mm, Stag, it's the beer in the golden can. It is delicious. You hear that? That's the sound of an empty stag, and that's the saddest sound ever made. I'd also like to thank our sponsors, Stand Up Records. We like our comedy like we like our booze. Straight Up and Bitter. Check them out on StandUpRecords.com. They have albums out by Tim Harmston. Tim Harmston has an album out on Stand Up. They have uh, new albums out by Mary Mack, Maggie Ferris, uh, a plethora of other people. Pay attention. Everybody, hey, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. I love each and every one of you. Joe, thanks again. Now let's go find find the girls. Cheers, Ian. All right. <laughs> yeah. Cheers.